You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. This is our episode covering the 8th and ninth episodes of LEGO Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, fans hey. of Mike? Thanks. So uh, good. we got a special episode. Not only yeah. are we going to cover the test, as well as the Kyber Saber Crystal Chase, but we actually have an interview with uh, uh, the writers of the Kyber Saber Crystal Chase, uh, Russ Carney and Ron Corsillo. So that's yes. coming up later in the episode. But before we jump into those two episodes, which were both fantastic episodes, by the way, uh, sure, yeah. before uh, we jump into that, there's some big news. There's big, big Star Wars Rebels news, as well as yeah. some Force Awakens news. Uh, yes. Almost a year later. So. <laughs> I, I first on the docket uh, because this is the Rebels podcast. We got to talk about the premiere date for Star Wars Rebels season three, uh, September Saturday, September twenty yes. fourth. New date and time. New yeah. date and time. Saturdays yeah. at eight thirty p.m. Uh, Eastern and Pacific. So I uh, update your PVRs. I uh, uh, although most PVRs are probably going to grab that automatically, but. Um, yeah, make sure make sure that you're all set and ready to uh, record that on Disney XD, um, and we're coming back with a one hour season premiere, the first two yes. episodes, on September twenty fourth. So I I you know uh, we've heard from a few people that uh, that uh, Thrawn is going to be in those those first two episodes, and yeah. uh, it's gonna get kicked right off with a bang. So um, lots to look forward to in september that is like that's no time at all you guys like that's the thing yeah <laughs> like like that's crazy we were expecting october um which has been traditionally when the series has has had its season premieres um although actually the season premieres have been done differently in season one and two with that uh with the initial movie and then the uh the the rest of the season airing a little bit later but but this time uh, we're we're starting off with that one hour and then theoretically going straight into regular episodes. Mm -hmm. um, 
So that it's super exciting. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm Did really say, excited for this season. They. I didn't hear how many episodes yet, though. I don't know if you've heard anything. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. 22, maybe, you know, 24. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's on. Uh, maybe it's on IMDb. Um, but uh, I'm actually I'm not 100 percent sure how many episodes we're gonna get this season. I know like it, it is gonna be um, longer. I think. Yeah, so far for season three, we just had the first two episodes. Um, okay. Uh, steps into shadow, and then man, IMDb doesn't even have the second episode listed um, as a with a title. It's just episode three point two. I'm oh. sure Wikipedia probably has it though. Um, Strange title too, the way they worded it too, huh? Steps into shadow. I think you said it was yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A little, it's a little bit of an odd title, but um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we are getting, uh, like you said, Thrawn is going to show up right off the get. So that's crazy how they, you know, they kind of did that last year with Vader. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, the season premiere came out with a bang, and and looks like they're going to try to do that again. Uh, with season three with yeah. Thrawn coming out right in the get. So uh, I did hear something too, Mike, about Dave Filoni talking about. Uh, you know, someone asked if um, I want to say it was Entertainment Weekly or something like that. Asked about uh, maybe it was IGN. Asked about Vader coming back, and and it doesn't yeah. sound like he is going to be in season three at all. So no, yeah, um, no, it seems like yeah. like um, post uh, the Ahsoka battle, um, yeah, Vader's got to Vader's got to re, re uh, regroup a little yeah. bit, and um, yeah, yeah. Get, and I get, get it back together you know i mean it's so funny because because season two the end of season two had so many shades of uh the force unleashed and i think that that's one of the the most um direct ones which is uh, at the end of the force unleashed the first game um vader is like trashed by by uh the apprentice right by star killer mm-hmm. and the same thing happens in this one so he's got a I think he's got to, you know, get himself some new robot parts and uh, <laughs> fix himself yeah, up. Right. Um, certainly a new helmet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's why we're seeing Thrawn come in, right? Because obviously yeah. Vader has been unable to deal with this, um, with with these rebels. Um, so let's let's try a different tactic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and as far as Vader goes, like, at first, I was kind of bummed, like, "Oh man, we're not gonna see Vader." But yeah, but but the way that ended last, you know, last the season two finale, you know, I can say that I don't necessarily need to see Vader again. That'd be a crazy way to go out with Vader. Like he has yeah. this powerful, you know, force battle and, yeah. and this meeting and this, you know, this this thing going on with Ahsoka there that I could see it ended like that. You and know, we'll see him again yeah, in Rebels. I right. am. In Rogue One, Rogue yeah. One. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am perfectly comfortable with the next time chronologically we see uh, Darth Vader is in Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, it's really funny because Vader getting his helmet trashed in in Rebels is the perfect reason for him to have a different helmet for the rest of the series. So the only mm-hmm. thing that doesn't match that continuity now is uh, is is Episode Three. So they need to go back to episode three, and they need to make the episode three helmet look more like the Rebels helmet, so mm-hmm. that there's like a through line there. Because I think that yeah. would be really cool. Is yeah. if like they they yeah. special edition that for like the next Blu-ray release or something, or mm-hmm. for these rumored 3D releases that uh, that might be coming. That's that's just a rumor. That's not official news yet. <laughs> but um, yeah. Speaking sure. speaking of, of Blu-ray releases, though, we got yeah. uh, we got a Blu-ray release announcement yeah. earlier today. So, 
Um, we're recording this on on uh, Wednesday, August 10th. That is why you will not hear us talk about the new Rogue One trailer. We'll have impressions on that for you next week. Um, but I uh, but what was announced today uh, on the Star Wars show was the release date for uh, the Force Awakens 3D Blu-ray, as well as all of the bonuses that are going to be contained in that. Um, do you have it opened up? Do you, do you have that right? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Um, and it's funny that this is, you know, I think we had talked about this before and that first initial release of just the, yeah. of the Blu-ray, it was, it was lacking. It was definitely lacking. Hey, we, if we you talked spent, about this. If you spent money on that first Blu-ray, you got ripped off. You got yeah, 110% yeah. ripped off. So, um, A, in Canada, it's already on Netflix. I don't know if it's on Netflix for you guys yet. I don't think it is. No, right? no, no. So no. we have it on Netflix up here, so I can watch it whenever, wherever, um, as long as I have an internet connection. Um, I bought it on the PlayStation Network just so that I could watch it right on release, um, which came with the the bonus features and whatever, um, but uh, a little bit cheaper than buying the Blu-ray. But if you bought that physical copy thinking like, yeah, this is the physical copy for me, um, you missed out because this collector's edition uh, 3D Blu-ray is... Uh, it, this is the real deal. This is the yeah. actual release of the movie. Yeah. Uh, in my sure. opinion. Yeah. Um, you want to run down. Three... Yeah. Go ahead and run down what's well, uh, what's on there. Yeah. You get the 3D Blu-ray, obviously. And it also comes with a standard Blu-ray, a digital copy, and then a DVD version. So this thing opens up. I don't know if you saw the inside of it. It opens mm-hmm. up and it has the um, uh, Takodana and the Millennium Falcon. I think Han's there. And uh, I'm doing that by memory, but um, yeah, I, I think it's it, I've got it open. It's um, it's you got the, it? okay. the hyperdrive. They're they're in the oh right right. It's hyperdrive, yeah. hyperspace, I should say. Mm-hmm. You got the so you get four discs. Yeah. Uh, and most notably on this thing, you know, it has some more. Oh, of course, it has a commentary from J.J. Abrams, which is great. I mean, that's what everybody wanted was the commentary. Yeah, yeah. I I'm Please so that. glad that I didn't that I that I waited for my physical copy for this one. Um, Mm -hmm. because that, like that, the only reason in my opinion to buy physical copies of, of movies nowadays is for audio commentaries. That's it. Um, because it's the one thing that Netflix and, and all like, I mean, the bonus features will eventually wind up somewhere online. Um, but those audio commentaries are, are hard to come by, um, any other way than, than, uh, uh, owning the Blu-ray or DVD itself. So. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I am super excited to hear this audio commentary. Listen to JJ, run us through it. Um, what else? What yeah. else is in this? Because there's some uh, new. There's new. I uh, uh, special features as well, right? Yeah, there's new special features. Um, obviously, we're gonna get more. And this is another thing too: was uh, more deleted scenes. Yeah. That was that was another big thing that came out of this one. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what other deleted scenes that I, that I missed that we yeah. didn't get, you know, I'm sure there's plenty, but, um, I'm trying to remember get... is the one where they're under underground, uh, like, uh, under Maz's castle. Is that, yeah, in, yeah. is that on well, the Blu-ray? I've seen that, that on YouTube, that particular, I don't um, think it's on the Blu-ray though. Cause I think I remember no. seeing it and then being like, huh, that's weird that that's not there. Cause there's a really important moment in that deleted scene where Han, the, the troopers are there, and it's it's Han, Chewie, Maz, 
um, and and um, Finn, and the troopers come down the stairs and confront uh, the the group, and Han's like, "Oh, are you guys here? Are you guys here about about the stormtrooper boots? About he stole yeah he yeah. stole the stormtrooper boots. I, I I knew this was gonna catch up to him. I don't even really know the guy like that whole thing." It's really important to me because it actually fills in the gap of when Han says earlier in the movie to Finn, I, I, you like you got to tell her the truth. The women always find out, always, right? Um, yeah. You're kind of looking at him, going like, "How do you know?" Other than the fact that you can, you lie for a living, so you can tell that he's lying. It fills in that gap, and you realize like, no, Han Solo knows what stormtrooper boots look like, whether they're dirty or not. He knows that Finn is a stormtrooper just by looking at him, which is like this awesome element to Han Solo that mm. uh, that got cut out of the movie. And then obviously, uh, spoilers for people who don't know this, but Maz Kanata uses the Force to uh, to take out the stormtroopers. So um, people have probably already seen that online. But and that's the one that see I've seen part of that one online, yeah. it, it, but it doesn't have Maz in it. So yeah. It, it just has the the exchange with Han and the, and the stormtroopers and all that. So yeah, yeah. that is one that we're probably going to see. Um, yeah. It also comes with uh, one called Foley, a sonic tale. So they, they go over the Foley stuff um, and what they do. Sounds of the resistance. Yeah. Uh, some Star Wars sound design. Of course, like, like I said, deleted scenes. Dressing the galaxy. So there's a costume designer that goes over uh, how he went through all the costume stuff. And a scavenger and stormtrooper, a conversation with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. So we're going to have an interview with those two. And I think that one, I want to say that one was around somewhere. Maybe not. And then inside the armory is the last one. They take a fascinating tour through the design and creation of the weaponry in Star Wars The Force Awakens. So, yeah, quite a bit of, yeah. of new things in there. And then the 3D, 3D Blu-ray, which is, um, is going to be cool. I can't wait for that because, like I said before, I... 3D has taken a huge leap as far as like home stuff, and although I don't watch it that often, I save it for you know the big movies. I don't yeah. watch com- comedies and dramas or anything in 3D, but it's just the main big blockbuster stuff I watch in 3D. So I'm really excited for this thing in 3D. I can't wait for that. Plus the the commentary is going to be cool, and uh, the new deleted scenes. So good stuff, man. Finally, yeah. but we have to wait till what is it? November, I think. Uh, 11th for USA. I don't know if you got no, uh, yeah. November 15th. Yeah, November 15th, 15th yeah, for North America. So that's US and Canada. Um, yeah. But other places are actually going to get it sooner. Um, yeah. As, yeah. as soon as November 2nd. So um, you know that all of those bonus features are going to be up on YouTube on November 2nd. So yeah. uh, <laughs> they will before you get it. Yeah. So you're yeah. able to watch them November 2nd. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Possibly the movie too. Cool. So other, other than that, that's it. I'm like, yeah, now. no, that's it. So yeah. um, let's jump in because we got a lot. To so we're starting out with the test, Mike. And this actually, these two episodes, I'm glad we kind of did them together because uh, they're yeah. kind of, they're kind of like, you know, the same, not the same. Uh, they kind of follow each other perfectly, and, and yeah, it, it picks up right after the other. So we start off with uh, Nari breaking into the Freemakers shop, and uh, you know Rowan finally telling her that he knows that uh, she is not 
a Jedi. So that's how we start this thing off. She gets, she's going over to do something and she's knocking on the door. And they're actually, I think they're trying to escape, maybe, right? Yeah, they've, like got, they've got the door locked and they're trying yeah. to, like, basically get everything on the ship so that they can take off. Um, and But, yeah, she breaks in and, uh, and, and Rowan kind of reveals, like, I know... I know what you, uh, uh, yeah. what you really are. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, yeah, she, I, she, she goes, okay, fine. Well, if you know, then I don't have to keep up the act anymore. And then <laughs> no more, no more acting. Yeah. 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 And then it kind of, it kind of goes from there. So they, they, um, basically like hop in the, the scavenger, the star scavenger take off and, uh, and then Nare pursues them in the eclipse fighter and uh, and we get we get some actually like I, we got views of, of a bunch of different awesome looking ships all these yeah. different Lego ships and stuff by sort of the traffic coming in and out of the wheel and um, and and they're they're kind of like it's this chase and Xander is kind of like trying to to lose her in the traffic and eventually like flips the ship around and comes at her and right. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great action sequence actually. Like this yeah. this episode and the episode following it um, have just sort of like crazy uh, off the hook action going on. Like it's just yeah. Um, we kind of talked about it a couple episodes. We we hit that midway point and it seemed like the story was starting to ramp up, and this is the story ramped up. Um, yeah. Uh, now that sort of all the cards are on the table, uh, everything's everything's possible so yeah like you said the action i mean it's some it starts like from the very beginning you know yeah. right, right when you know she reveals herself like okay i'm gonna hide you know it's it's on like you start fighting she she uh, she even says you know i um the jedi are destroyed by people like her so and then yeah. the fight starts going and you know rowan has the red blade still which is kind of cool to see that yeah. nari has the blue blade and and her force powers too and as a star scavenger is trying to escape They've done this uh, in this episode and, and in previous episodes and the next one, too, showing her. She's pretty darn powerful, and she's able to hold that thing kind of like a star, uh, you know, a star killer when he was pulling down the uh, Star Destroyer in the, in the Force, um, Force Unleashed. Yeah. She's kind of doing the yeah. same thing. Not obviously as big of a ship here, and she can't quite do it, but same type of uh, Force power, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and she wants uh, Rowan to finish finding the Kyber Crystals. You know, she's he's the one that's able to find these things, so... She uh, she wants him to do what uh, what she needs to get those damn Kyber Saber crystals. So uh, her she like you said your her ship gets damaged, and she gets a message from uh, Sidious Invader again. So she you know they pop up on her little uh, uh, screen there, and they're talking. I can't remember exactly what the what they were what they were talking to her about. I uh, I, I know there was probably some kind of a joke in there too, but I can't. For super life yeah, it was kind of just like like so. What's the oh, how's it going? Yeah. Right? And, yeah, yeah, and, and oh, that's uh, what it was. That's what it was. He goes, "How goes the search for my Kyber Saber?" Yeah, in in the Emperor's voice, you know, he's yeah. kind of that that little high pitched like, "Hey, what are you doing? You know, you find him yet? Because I'm ready to choke you out. So you better hurry yeah. up and find him. that kind of thing." Yeah, so that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, and let's see where do we go from there, Mike. We go back so, to a star scavenger. Yeah, so the scavenger jumps into hyperspace, right? And I, I, while they're in hyperspace, they're sort of talking some things through. Um, we get that awesome, the awesome moment with uh, with Roger, where oh, they yeah. 
they have to to tell Roger that actually uh, Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, because Roger's like, yeah. oh, those. Well, I told you, I told you that Jedi was evil. They're the bad guys from the Clone Wars, after all. Yeah. And they're like, uh, actually, Roger, the battle droids were the bad guys in the Clone Wars. And he's like, the bad guy, the clone, uh, battle droids were the bad guys. And then he just like snaps his neck a little bit and like restarts, and you hear that little, little boom. Yeah, <laughs> like he's yeah. restarting his computer. And he's yeah. like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Uh, hey, but I yeah. uh, we get a little bit of sort of the the um, discussion of like what what does it mean now that they know that that Nare is a bad guy, um, right. and as they're talking, I uh, we we find out that the the quantum field regulator yes uh, is damaged. It it breaks off of the ship. And uh, the star scavenger basically comes like screeching out of hyperspace and and crash lands on on Takodana. Takodana, uh, and that. this is awesome. this is the reveal. Yeah, like right yeah. outside of Maz's castle. And I yeah. uh, I as as good of a job as Xander did, I I landing the ship. Um, another happy landing, as Obi Wan would say, um, yeah. <laughs> crashing it. I. Uh, they do manage to ding one ship while they're coming in and uh, and we're gonna find out uh, from oh, these funny. gangsters uh, who that ship belongs to did you yeah. see this coming you know I thought it was gonna be Maz for a second yeah, and so then and then all of a sudden it's like oh you're kidding me this is awesome it's yeah. it's um, Hondo with Voiced by Jim Cummings, who does them in Rebels and do them yeah. in Clone Wars. So. so obviously, this yeah. episode skyrockets up to be one of my favorites, if not my favorite, in the whole series. <laughs> yeah. Because and I'll, I'll tell you, like, there's there's three things in this episode that do it. A, we're on we're on Takadana, uh, and Maz in Maz's castle. Uh, the second thing is Hondo. Mm-hmm. And the third thing we'll reveal a little bit later, but uh, yeah. Yeah. you know I'm an Obi Wan fan, so people might be able to figure that one out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I so so basically, I Hondo and his pirate buddies are uh, are are gonna gonna take the what what uh, the Freemakers owe them out of their hides. Um, right. But uh, but. I, is that when Maz shows up? I think that's when. Yeah, Maz she shows does. Up. So Maz makes her debut in Freemakers, so she kind of shows up and does her thing. And and actually, there's a part here where, uh, as Maz walks away, uh, Rowan's eyes he, they roll white, like he when, you know when he gets into the Force trance or whatever you want to call it, his eyes roll right. So he's definitely sensing something in the Force with with her as she walks away, and she kind of makes a comment about about um, about Rowan, I believe. And then she kind of does her thing, and then that's when Hondo comes in. He wants uh, Mike. He wants these golden orbs in return for the ship repairs, right? Yeah, yeah. So they just have to simply fly up to the the third moon and retrieve mm-hmm. three golden orbs, and uh, and Hondo will uh, consider the the, the debt uh, settled. Um, and you know, people coming into this uh, without prior knowledge of Hondo Onaka. Uh, the greatest pirate uh, the Star Wars <laughs> galaxy has ever known. Um, yes. They might be thinking like, "Oh, well, this will be easy," which is exactly what Cordy thinks. Um, but uh, but no, that's not the case. Obviously, Hondo is up to something. So yeah. I I they they basically they they head back to the Star Scavenger, um, and they I uh, they oh this is when this is the part where where Rowan tries to get into Maz's vault, but she. 
basically tells him like you're not allowed in uh, mm-hmm. nobody but me um, right I we get Bash and Ram back too yeah they go back to the ship though and they and we find out that there's like a little ship that can pop out of uh, the Star Scavenger that they can use to, to sort of do these smaller hops uh, yeah. from, from the, the planet to the moon um, uh, meanwhile back on the wheel uh, Nare is ambushed by Grabala, Bash, Ram, and Dengar, um, mm-hmm. who have been following uh, the Freemakers uh, since Tatooine. Um, obviously, you know, they've got that business card, so they know exactly where they are. So they show up on the wheel looking for the Freemakers, but end up by uh, briefly battling with Nare and then realizing wait, we're all after the same thing, let's join forces. Right, um, and so now uh, we've got uh, we've got our all of our bad guys working together, which can't be good for the heroes. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what's funny about this scene too is about it, it's Gravala, it's Nare, and you know they're trying to strike this deal, right? And yeah. it's funny that there's no way that Nare will ever live up to her end of the bargain. I don't oh, no, think Gravala so. has any intention on living it up to his, and it's almost like. Do each of them even obviously know what they're doing? It's almost like the the Obi Wan and and Django scene in Episode Two. Like, yeah, they something you know they know, but they're not saying it. it's just one of those scenes. And you know, neither one of them is going to live up to whatever their bargain is. And it's kind of funny how this yeah, how sure. this plays out. Um, oh, and here's another thing: we get Veractyls are back in, or in this in this series too, Mike. Yeah, so that's what that's my number three thing that makes this one of my favorite episodes because Boga yeah. is one of my favorite things from the prequels. Uh-huh. Uh, I love I love the idea of of a Jedi basically riding a dragon and um, and we actually get to see we get to see multiple varactyls wild varactyls um, yeah. and uh, most importantly I this was a really cool moment because we actually get to see uh, the male varactyl which is the uh, the orange one um, and actually it's it's interesting because it, it like. It's really cool to see just the kind of detail that they go into on a show like the Freemaker Adventures, which is obviously Lego Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. It's not quite to the level that I would expect from something like Star Wars Rebels, where you know we're gonna we're gonna do this to to the absolute best of, of our ability, sort of thing. But um, the it's really cool because there are there are actually designs for other types of varactyls. Um, from episode three and one of them is an orange one but it doesn't have the the same type of feather crest that that boga does um and actually i believe it's in the background of one of the shots on utapau um and Mm -hmm. you just got to look really closely for it but um uh, they kind of took that idea and they translated it into this they obviously only created one character model um, and then just switched up the colors and made it a little bit bigger than the rest of them. But uh, we sort of had that alpha varactyl um, yeah. with the rest of the varactyls. And, uh, and, and so this is where we, we find out that Hondo's deal isn't quite as simple as he made it out to be. Um, yeah. And, uh, sure. and that yeah. the varactyls are actually guarding the golden orbs. Um, yeah. Did you figure out the end of this episode at this point or, or did it take a little while longer for you? Uh, it's about right here, yeah, because yeah. it's funny, like, during this part, you know, it's like, okay, obviously there's something going on here, and then you kind of 
like, oh, okay, I get it now. Here's the, that's the twist of the episode. And then, yeah. you know, Rowan, just before they go hunting for this stuff, they don't want him to actually be involved in getting the egg. So they sent him out on this um, snipe hunt, right? And I don't know if some of the younger viewers of this show might not realize what that was, but that's actually a joke. It's a, uh, it's a wild goose chase. You know, it's something that you, um, you do to occupy somebody's time when you don't want them to, yeah. to bother you. It's, it, it's a common thing. You know, it's like we, I used to do that with my kids. Hey, let's go when we camp and let's go look for some snipes, go snipe hunting. And although it is a real thing, it's kind of a, it's kind of a joke though. It's just, uh, like I said, it's, it's a, um, just something to occupy somebody's time so they're not bothering yeah. you. So that's what they were doing there. So, so they don't interfere with what's going on. Um, and then we get, uh, you know, they try to get the eggs. Obviously, it's not working. And all of a sudden, uh, there's a fight for the eggs, and, and Rowan has to come in and help out. And I got a quick uh, audio clip to, to reinforce this. Check this out. Take three of these orb thingies and, and, and you've got so many. Why do you even care? I mean, what are they to you, Rowan? I, I feel pain, fear. This, this, this is wrong, Cordy. The Varactyls? They're just protecting their family. Like we do. Rowan! What are you doing? The right thing. I'm sorry. We didn't know these are... Eggs. So as you heard there, uh, Rowan, this is what I loved about this ep- these episodes. Like we talked about this um, before where it's a lot of fun, a lot of jokes and a lot of things going on. And, but then there's always, always something that, that, that's kind of serious and, and makes you like, oh, okay, it makes you think a little bit like, oh, okay, that was cool. Rowan, he's able to connect. You know, we've seen this kind of with, with in the Rebels. We've seen this with Ezra somewhat. And it's real raw at this point, Mike, because he's just brand new, right? So he's able to connect with the Varactyls, and he realizes that obviously they're not just gold, you know, balls or golden eggs or whatever you want yeah. to call it. Uh, they're actually uh, they're young. It's it's they actually hatch right there. And so that was a kind of a cool little reveal from uh, from the story that uh, Rowan's able to connect with these Varactyls. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, yeah, it was, it's really cool. Um... I, and, and like I said, you know, when we first, when it was like, oh, go get these golden orbs, it's like, okay, whatever these golden orbs, obviously there's going to be a, a twist to this. And then yeah. you see the Varactyls guarding them, and it was like, oh, well, obviously these are eggs. This is a nest, right? right. And, uh, and, and so when it hatches, uh, and the little baby Varactyl comes out, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just thought that it was so great. And then we get the, <clears throat> um, like you said, Rowan is able to, to somewhat communicate with that with that alpha Varactyl and right. um and and they end up actually sort of making peace with them. Um yeah. which which was really cool. It was it was very reminiscent of, of Ezra in yeah. Star Wars Rebels. 
And it kind of calls back to like Obi Wan, like you said, like obviously he was able, Obi Wan was able to do the same thing yeah. with Boga, um, connect with it on a, on that force level. So that was cool, cool little tie-in with with Episode Two there. So, uh, it kind of yeah. finishes up here after this, Mike, right? Yeah, yeah. So they basically just fly back to to the castle, uh, where they tell Hondo like you didn't give us the whole truth, and Hondo says, yeah, well. Uh, eggs are, are pretty sought after on the black market um, but they didn't even expect them to come back so um, right he's 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 impressed that they even managed that right <laughs> uh, and they talk and then Hondo is about to, to say well you know if you don't have the orbs then I guess we'll just have to break your heads and uh, and Maz comes out chucking mugs saves the day yeah <laughs> yeah it saves the day yeah um, and then mm-hmm. takes I, I the the freemakers into her vault where she rewards Rowan with the uh, the kyber saber crystal that uh, that obviously Rowan uh, sensed earlier. Yeah, in the yeah now, sense. you yeah. know, like I thought, I thought maybe maybe Rowan wasn't actually sensing because he says like there's not supposed to be a kyber saber crystal here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought maybe he was sensing Luke's lightsaber, but uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, no, it was in fact a Kyber Saber crystal, which should have been on Rodia, but but Maz found it there and brought it back to her castle. So um, very interesting that they accidentally ended up here. It's almost like the Force wants them to reunite the Kyber Saber. Yeah, um, exactly. So so we'll have to wait and see how that's going to play out. But before the episode ends, just as as the Freemakers are getting ready to leave the castle. Uh, Maz grabs Rowan and tells him to to keep a lookout for uh, for Jet yeah. fourteen, the maker of Zoe. Yes, um, right. And, That's how it ends. Yeah, and he's like the maker of Zoe, and then she's like, "So what? What's the matter with you?" And uh, <laughs> some good vaudeville comedy there, and yeah. shuts the door, and and we're like, "Okay, well, I wonder what's gonna happen there." So, um, it, as a matter of fact, I think we'll find out pretty soon because an upcoming episode is titled "The Maker of Zoe." Yeah. So, um, I was already I was already spoiled on uh, exactly who the maker of Zoe is. I, I well, I know who it's modeled after. Uh, I'll say that I'm not sure exactly okay. sure what the, who the character is, but okay. uh, kind of was spoiled. But it's it's a pretty cool surprise. Cool. Uh, so this one we get into the next episode, Kyber Saber Crystal Chase. Yeah. And this episode uh, starts off right after uh, right after the last one, Mike. And we're still on Takodana. Um, they're making some repairs to the ship. And uh, Nare is back on the attack again, Mike, and she's going after this crystal. She's already got and I'm, I was trying to remember like how many crystals she has now because originally yeah. it was broken into was it six pieces? Or eight or something like that. I, I gotta yeah, go back I don't really and check remember. it out. I don't really remember the number, but uh, but, but she's, we're getting close. she's got quite a bit. Yeah, she yeah. got quite a bit. Yeah, like you said, they're getting close. She's getting close to making this thing. And again, she steals another crystal from um, from Rowan. So uh, yeah, we get to that start. The star scavenger blast back into hyperspace, and it doesn't even have a destination. It just he just like go anywhere, just go. Yeah. So uh, they take off, and uh, Grabala thinks that they are gone. But Nare, she's obviously she's not she's not too worried, and that's your first clue of uh, they're obviously tracking either the ship or something going on, and we get reveal uh, revelation later on exactly what's going on there. Um, in this beginning, Mike, did I did I miss anything as far as the beginning? No, no, that's it, right? And yeah, and yeah. so I, Rowan kind of just I I figures out um, where where they need to go next, 
mm-hmm. um, and they they head to Ningoth, which Ningoth, is a yeah. new planet. Never um, heard of that. It's yeah. a water planet, and they realize that you know, like the the Kyber Saber Crystal is gonna be uh, underwater, which is perfect because Xander has built a submarine, which yes. uh, which Cor- yeah, uh, the, yeah, the Z sub, which. Cordy, I, I renames, rechristens as the Bubble Snubbly. <laughs> the Bubbly Snubbly, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which I, uh, yeah, is a is a is a much better name, and it is, I mean, it is a pretty adorable ship. Um, it is, yeah. So yeah, they they hop yeah. in there um, with the plan, you know, that as long as they have one crystal, that that uh, Nare won't be able to complete the saber. So yeah. they they head underwater where I. Uh, they they run into uh, 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 what what kind of is that a, is it an OPC creature I think yeah it's OPC killer yeah C killer yeah yeah um, which you might remember from uh, from episode one uh, from uh, Naboo which is I mean like you know this is a common Star Wars thing obviously the it's not the same same species this one's blue. It's not uh, it's not red, but you know, just borrowing designs and that sort of thing, yeah. Um, which is perfectly fine. Um, yeah. And they they realize that the the spotlight the ang- in the 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 anglerfish spotlight that this has um, is actually the crystal, um, <laughs> but the, the 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 headlight on on the uh, the the ship the 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 bubbly bubbly subbly? is actually. Um, <laughs> It's interfering with with the uh, the the this uh, OP's ability to hunt. So um, they end up sort of removing their lamp and trading it with the fish, which I thought was pretty funny that that it kind of understood. It, it was like, oh, I don't need this thing now. I'll take your light. Um, yeah. Uh, but I guess that's how things work in the Lego world. And uh, <laughs> and so they grabbed the the Kyber Saber Crystal and we're like, okay, cool. Well, that was easy. That's but right, uh, yeah. But you know it was a little too easy because as they come out of the water, uh, Grabala's ship uh, bursts out of hyperspace into the atmosphere uh, along with the Eclipse fighter, um, and uh, and and Nare. There's Nare again, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they've managed to to catch up with them. Um, yeah. yeah. They they man the but but I uh, now how does this happen? Um, I'm trying to remember the the. Is it the tow cable? Yes, she's on a tow cable. Yeah, she gets and... attached to the tow cable, and then they they sort of drag the 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 eclipse fighter underwater. Yes, right, right. Um, she tells she tells Roger to let him go. Yeah, and uh, and they drop through the uh, through the water there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, then without the winch, it's going to be tough for them to get back into the ship. So Xander's like, just open the scoop and fly low, and and uh, they manage to like skip the sub across the water and into the into the the uh the the sort of the hold of the star scavenger it was one of my favorite parts of the episode i thought it was really cool yeah um, they do some really really cool stuff with the star scavenger in this one yeah and and it, again nari shows that you know rowan tries to fight her off but she's just at this point oh yeah she's she's t- just too powerful for him of course and he's got he's got a ways to go before you can battle her but he, he does battle her some more later in this episode i was wondering about this opc killer like i had to go back and like watch episode one that particular part because i was thinking to myself wait a minute in episode one did it have like the antenna with 
with what I thought was yeah. the light in it. I mean, was it actually a, a saber crystal in episode one? But then I went back and watched it, and it didn't even have a lighter. No, anything. it doesn't even have the the yeah know, the, the anglerfish antenna. Yeah, so I was like, okay, never mind. I, I thought I was onto something there for a second. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. Some 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 uh, what do they call that? When retro, you know, the continuity there. Some yeah, some, some retro conning. Yeah. Red conning. Yeah. yeah. So I thought we were doing something like that, but it turns out, yeah, I was wrong. But yeah. it was kind of funny that they used that. Um, and as far as uh, we get to after that, we get to Grabala, right? He's he meets up with uh, Nari again, right? And another funny scene where Grabala questions what Nari is bringing like to the table as far yeah. as this whole search for the king. He's like, you know, I'm bringing all the people, I'm bringing the money, I'm bringing the ships, I'm bringing the food. And he talks about the food and everything, like all the costs that go into having a crime, yeah. you know, syndicate and and, and bodyguards and, and tough guys. It's kind of funny how he talks about that. And then you go into this thing where he goes, he goes, um, and I got Dengar, and he points over, and it's supposed to be this big reveal of Dengar, and he's. He's not even there. He's he's uh, he's still eating right now. He comes out walking around yeah. like a chicken leg or something like that. He goes, "Oh shoot, is that time now? Do you want me to do it again?" He's like, "No, no, never mind. Just come yeah. on out." Funny scene, great scene. That's the great thing about this. You get that funny scene with Grubala again. We talked about Grubala and the voice work on that. Yeah, just for perfect sure. for this character. I like him. You know what? I like Grubala like so much more better than I liked um, Zero. Yeah, and Zero was fine. Uh, but man, Greg Rollins, man, he's just God. I love this character. So funny, yeah. so funny. Um, so then, uh, Freemakers, Mike, they arrive on Naboo. So we're on our third planet now. Yeah, go to Naboo, and the crystal is in the Palpatine Museum. Of course, Naboo would have a Palp- Palpatine Museum, right? It's so perfect for this uh, for this type of show. Like, I was, I, as soon as I saw it, I go, yeah, of course. I mean, this is perfect. We're gonna go in here and have some fun inside the Palpatine Museum. So, yeah. was, I mean, it's funny you look outside. It's got like, you know, there's talking statues and there's Emperor bobbleheads on tables. You know, you can buy and uh, you know, there's balloons all around. It's kind of funny how they set that thing up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where do we go from here, Mike? Um, well, oh. you know, we we uh, we actually are reacquainted with uh, with uh, Durpin and and oh, Home yeah. Striker. Yeah, um, yes. who were in the uh, the Kashyyyk episode, um, they've been stationed here to watch after uh, the museum because who would be stupid enough to break <laughs> into the emperor's personal museum? Yeah, um, I said uh, Durpin is so happy that yeah. he got promoted, but he's got the easiest job in the galaxy as far yeah. as a, probably a general, right? You just looking up for the museum. Yeah. Oh, he's so happy about it. That's so funny. Yeah, so. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got, obviously, our heroes are going to bur- uh, bust in because this is the location of the the next uh, Saber Crystal. So mm-hmm. um, they they break in under the uh, sort of the disguise of uh, delivery people with uh, with a... Uh, a classic uh, Clone Wars era battle droid, yeah, uh, for the exhibit, <clears throat> which is Roger, of course, um, and uh, so they bust in after after the the museum has closed, so that they can find it, and they split up, and I love it when they split up because uh, uh, everybody kind of goes their own way. Um, uh, we find out that uh, at at some point in here, I don't remember exactly when, that. Um, um, Rowan does like a perfect Palpatine impression. Yeah, he has an impersonation. Yeah, um, yeah. with the voice changer. Yeah, yeah, with the voice changer. <laughs> and I, uh, I, uh, 
I everybody kind of goes their separate ways. Obviously, uh, Xander is is taken with another N one starfighter that 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 he sees, and and uh, Cordy is distracted by Queen Amidala's wardrobe, but um, they all kind of manage to end up back together um, uh, right when uh, Nare shows up. Um, kind of perfectly like right as Rowan discovers that the kyber crystal is inside the queen's headdress yeah uh, which which makes me wonder like was the kyber saber crystal in there the whole time yeah was it in there thing. in episode one <laughs> yeah um, exactly uh, I, but i i th- this is the point when when the the sort of the showdown between uh nare and uh and rowan starts up mm. um i and and we see uh, Roger uh, fall back on his uh, on his uh, battle droid programming, where he uh, he ends up in a gunfight with uh, with Dengar, um, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. That happens, and then uh, and then the battle happens, and in the midst of the battle, I I Nare reclaims her her crimson lightsaber, the red one. Um, but uh, but Rowan uses the force to release the hanging N one from from like it's it's sort of suspended from the ceiling, right? Yeah. And it comes crashing down, and uh, and Nari drops the blue lightsaber. So, um, so Rowan manages to get the blue lightsaber, and there's a, there's great moments where it, you know, Nari's like, well, the red's more my color, anyways, and and uh, Rowan responds when he gets the blue lightsaber, and he's like, well, this one's more my color. Um, which I thought was really yeah. cool that they kind of they had the, and then they swapped right um, and, yeah and right. we end up with uh, with uh, uh, Rowan with the proper colored lightsaber that he can he can hang on to and use um, but they uh, in the midst of this battle they managed to knock one of the cornerstones in the Theed Palace and it starts to collapse around them so they take yeah. off and uh, I thought it was so funny I, I turned to my wife when we were watching and I was like are you serious? Did they just <laughs> destroy the royal palace on on Naboo? Like the the, the palace on Naboo? Like that is Queen yeah. Amidala's palace. They just they just trashed. Um, so I I've a, I always have fun kind of like looking at it and going like now how much of this is continuity and how much isn't right? So <laughs> I'm gonna choose to believe that the Freemakers in some fashion. I, I in the midst of trying to recover the Kyber Saber crystals, actually did destroy the palace on Theed, um, mm-hmm. and that that actually happened. I, yeah, because I, I think that that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty yeah. great. But I, I, the interaction, uh, not necessarily that the palace gets destroyed. Um, but you know, yeah, if just... Palpatine's going to pervert it and make it into his own personal museum, then yeah, tear the thing down. <laughs> right? It just had actually this particular portion too had. Probably one of my favorite lines of the series so far. Uh, check this out. Roger, this is a museum. That's not gonna. Seriously, they have working blasters on display. They got a lot of confidence in their velvet rope. for me. 
taking that crystal. If that's the way you want it. So right there we get, uh, I tell you what, it, it rings so true. This is the line where uh, Rowan, you know, first of all, uh, Cordy's talking about, well, they have you know, working props in this thing. And then all of a sudden Rowan goes, uh, he goes, man, they sure, uh, they, how does he say it? They have a lot of, uh, oh, they have a lot of confidence in those velvet ropes. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because it, that you're was right. One, yeah. So far, it's that's so one of the funny. best lines in the entire series. I have Wasn't a lot of confidence so in a velvet rope. <laughs> <laughs> and it rings so true because you're yeah. right. It's like anytime you see those, it's like, do they really think that that's like the end all be all of, yeah. of keeping somebody out of something? You know, all they have to do is step over it. So such a funny line. They're one of my favorite lines of the series so far. And the way he delivered it was so funny, too. Yeah, and and sure. uh, But, yeah, you talked about the fight between uh, Nare and... Uh, and Rowan, that was yeah. cool. And the, and the way she kind of um, did, she had both lightsabers, and then she was like dragging them on the ground. That was know? pretty awesome. That was that was pretty cool. cool. Yeah. And then he gets his lightsaber back, and he's starting to show like even he, he, obviously they're kind of going at this a little faster than they would a normal series. So Rowan's starting to pick up things pretty quick now, and and he's although he's not quite uh, obviously not near what Nari is, he's still he's picking it up pretty quick. So yeah, it was cool to see that little fight there. Uh, let's see. Then we end up with uh, where we end up here, Mike. Um, uh, back on oh, the ship. Rogers. Yeah. yeah, back on the ship, Roger. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. we find out that that uh, they've been tracking him through Roger's backpack, basically his his uh, his communication backpack, um, and they've been they've been watching them and knowing where they're gonna go. But um, but there's one one crystal left, and it's on Hoth. So. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be the next place that, that I think we end up looking for a kyber saber crystal. But yeah. uh, ah, yeah. that basically wow. that basically wraps up the episode, um, which yeah. uh, which was a great great episode. Um, but I I before we wrap things up for this episode of Rebels podcast, we actually have uh, some special guests. Yes. So we're we're actually going to uh, jump into that now so here's our interview with the writers of this episode um of the episode the kyber saber crystal chase uh uh sorry russ carney and ron corsillo so here that is all right welcome to this very special segment of the rebels podcast uh we've got some some very special guests with us uh, right, Matt. We've got uh, oh, yeah. we've got Russ Carney and Ron Corsillo, writers from uh, Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures. That will always be a mouthful to say, but uh, but yeah, uh, Lego <laughs> Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures. Uh, you guys wrote uh, the most recent episode uh, that that we've talked about the Kyber Saber Chase. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, and hello to your fans as well. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that people are going to be really excited to uh, to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes of just how an episode of the Freemaker Adventures uh, comes together, um, and from the writing perspective in particular. I know, I know, right off the bat, um, I I, I want to ask you guys: I is this like how how big of a deal is it to be writing Star Wars? 
it's pretty great. <laughs> it's, it's pretty huge. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty fun that first time you type a character name in a script and it's Darth Vader. Yeah, you feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can only involved, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Everybody involved is a huge fan, and uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of a dream job. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, you guys, you guys have worked on on other stuff uh, that people might know as well. Um, I was looking through IMDb. And I saw that you guys have worked on some of the Ninja Turtles, uh, the 2012 Turtles series, the the one that's currently running. Uh, that's pretty cool. So that that's some pretty good, that's some pretty good geek cred to have Ninja Turtles and Star Wars both under your belt. Uh, you, you you won't be uh, uh, laughed at yeah. uh, laughed out of any Comic Cons anytime soon. I don't think. Well, we do our best. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, it's pretty cool to have a couple of nice big name credits like that. Uh, so yeah, we were on staff for season one of Turtles, which was argue. Actually, it's not arguably. It is definitively <laughs> the best season. Of, of course it is. Of <laughs> you know no, what? We're not I've, biased. I've watched the whole series, and I'll say that season one of Turtles absolutely blew me away. Um, wow. And I, I've enjoyed stuff in in the subsequent seasons, but that first season, it was like, holy smokes, this show is great. So. So I'll agree. I'll throw in with that as well. I do think that the first season was definitely the best uh, so far. Although the, the the latest season with them traveling through outer space was pretty fun too. But uh, uh, yeah, um, they're they're kind of encroaching on the Star Wars territory a little bit. So I don't yeah. know. They they gotta uh-huh. they gotta stay in their own their own uh, uh, playground. <laughs> but uh, uh, cool. Uh, so back to Star Wars though, because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, with something like the Freemaker Adventures, uh, it it tends to to have a little bit more of the uh, the fast and loose mentality when it comes to the continuity and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering when you guys are writing an episode, I uh, and I know people have heard a little bit of this from from the the show's creators. Uh, during Star Wars Celebration Europe, which you can go on the Star Wars YouTube channel and actually watch that whole panel. Um, But from the perspective of actually writing the episode, when you guys are sort of in the nitty-gritty and and, uh, writing the story, how much leeway do you have with which characters you can bring in and and who can show up in a given episode? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, Okay. To their credit, Lucasfilm has a great deal of control over everything Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and it sort of rubs both ways uh, in terms of they really like to use characters that are from other franchises. You know, you've seen uh, like Hondo in episodes, mm-hmm. you've seen uh, Maz Kanata in episodes, Luke and Leia, um, and uh, but by the same token, they can also be very careful about what we can do with those characters and what we can't. And a lot of the time, there's stuff that we don't even know about that's going on in other iterations of the story. And oh, we can't do this with this character because of something else that's happening over here. And you know, the Lucasfilm story people, like I think you guys know Leland Chi. Carrie Beck yeah. is, is brilliant when it comes to that stuff. Like she, she's just so on top of it. She knows what's going on. It's her job, obviously, but she yeah. she knows exactly what's going on across all the different iterations. Right. So the the answer to the question is, we can do what they tell us we can do. <laughs> yeah. And. We try, we, the, everyone enjoys it when we bring in characters from uh, this or that other franchise or, or other storyline. Uh, but then again, there are also limitations on what we can do. It, um, it, it gets a little bit, as, as a writer, it gets a little bit uh, odd at times because, you know, sometimes you want to try to 
name a character after your friend and you know <laughs> and yeah. then you might get a you know a, a note hey why don't we bring in some random character that you've never heard of okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry pal you know but and there's also a lot of just uh, to share kind of a cool thing um you guys saw the episode with with Maz that takes place on Takadana and, yeah. and Hondo is in it um we weren't allowed to know anything about that episode because that was actually written before Force Awakens came out Wow. So while we were working on this, there was this mystery episode that the show creators, Bob Roth and Bill Motts, they wrote it. And they, of course, knew about everything that was going on. But even we other writers weren't allowed to know about it. We weren't allowed to know about that planet. We weren't allowed to know who this character was, who they met there. And when, when we wrote this script that we're talking about, the Kyber Saber Crystal Chase, it starts on that planet. We just had to write in our script, Mysterious, Mysterious Planet, because we didn't know what it was. Well, uh, it's, it's wow. really interesting, because it was something that I noted uh, uh, last night when I was watching the episode. Um, you guys actually get the distinction of being the first place in... I, I, I don't know if, how in continuity Freemaker is considered, but I, here on, on the Rebels podcast, we consider it continuity. So for us, in continuity, it's the first time that Takadana's actually spoken out loud. It's the first yeah. time that anybody ever says the name of the planet, because in The Force Awakens, nobody says what planet they're on. Um, right. It, which is normal Star Wars, right? No one ever says the names of the planets, very rarely. So, uh, so yeah, you guys get that that uh, that that privilege, <laughs> but in the yeah, obviously, but it wasn't yeah, us. <laughs> in the script, you, you just have to write placeholder name here. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, cool. Um, so, I, I, obviously, like the the episode that you guys uh, wrote that we're talking about right now, um, it actually ends up bouncing around uh, a bunch of different planets. We start in yeah. Takadana. Uh, we go, planets, yeah. yeah, we go to Ningoth, and then uh, and then we end up on Naboo. Um, mm -hmm. Where, like, you, you have a lot of the the uh, the the series regular characters returning to it. It's kind of actually of all of the episodes of the series. I think like this one is the most hectic and kind of crazy and and uh, uh, full throttle episode so far. Um, is there? It, it, was there like a specific challenge of writing this episode and it needing to cover so much ground in such a short amount of time? Um, I don't think there was a challenge that way. I think the biggest challenge was making the episode interesting from the standpoint of, in a way, the same thing keeps happening. The The Freemakers keep finding crystals and Nare keeps finding them. Um, so how do you make that different, different yeah, every as, time? As, as a writer, you know, you, you, you definitely don't want to keep hitting the same story beats over and over. Um, and I think, you know, the first planet really could have been anything, well, not Takadana, but the first place they go could have been anything. And, uh, you know, we thought underwater was interesting and cool. Um, and then the idea of doing the Palpatine Museum, I think, was what really got everybody psyched about this episode. And you oh, should realize yeah. these stories are broken with a whole group of writers and executives in the room from Lucasfilm, like Carrie's there and Leland's there, and Disney, and Disney like Jermaine Turner, Matt Siegel, yeah, uh, Lego, um, Jake Blaze from Lego and Jason Costner. All the names you see in the developed by credits, they're all in the room as we're breaking the stories of, ah. of every episode. Yeah, that's an intimidating room to be in. Yeah, <laughs> it's about twenty people. It's, it's everybody knows more about Star Wars than you, <laughs> yeah. you do. Yeah. Amazingly, so, oh my god, 
How many times have I pulled out my phone and gone on Wikipedia <laughs> to try to figure out what they were talking about? Uh, <laughs> Tatooine? <laughs> no, I'm that one we know. I was going to ask you that if if you guys do uh, sit in a room. With, uh, you also wrote. Uh, you guys wrote the. Um, wasn't it the Xander the Xander story? Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're actually in the room with with all the story group. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, all the stories we kind of get together for a couple of days with the, all, all the various writers and all the story group people, and we hammer out roughly what the stories will be for anywhere between three and six episodes. And then we kind of parse them out to writers, and uh, each one goes off and writes one. And Bob and Bill rewrite all of it, of course. And then it gets notes from Lucasfilm, Lego, and Disney at every stage. So we are juggling <laughs> about eight people's thoughts every wow. time we try to do a rewrite. Is there so. any is there any characters that are off limits or so far that have been off limits for you guys? Um, we I don't think we've been told anybody's uh-huh. off limits. Vader's Vader is difficult to write for, uh-huh. uh, only because you get a lot of notes about, you know, you can't you can't you can't make him funny really, uh, which is odd because you can make the Emperor funny, but I, I uh-huh. guess that's because yeah. The rule is sort of we can make the emperor a little bit goofier than Darth Vader because if you undermine Darth Vader, then you undermine that whole villain aspect of ah, things. I mean, he does ah. have some funny lines, but um, yeah. so when, when we write the scripts, they're way funnier. <laughs> <laughs> then it all gets cut. Yeah. Yes. The Vader's the I, we should we should no, I, but the Vader stuff you don't get to see is actually. <laughs> but the the fans, a lot of the fans, I think, would get irritated by that, and that's mm. you know obviously not our goal, but. Uh, you know, believe me, yeah. it would be. I know. Yeah. Uh, Xander's Joyride does have one of my favorite moments in the entire series, and it's when uh, it's got that it's got that great callback to the beginning of the episode when Xander first sees the N one and mm. he reacts, yeah. and then yeah. later in the episode when Vader has the exact same reaction. Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. then yeah. and then he's flying around in the N one, and he says, "Now this is pod racing," and, and uh-huh. like. He, you get like all of that nostalgia for episode one, which uh, which you know comes with a little bit of a. There's a mixed bag of emotions for some fans with that one, but for <laughs> me, it was definitely like, um, it it just kind of reminded me of the of the childlike wonder of Star Wars and and something like uh, episode one. So you know, all the other sort of baggage aside that that people have with the prequels, um, that episode really helped me remember how much I love I was a kid I was I was super I was like 13 so I was pretty young when I saw the Phantom Menace and uh-huh. uh and so it sort of like took me back to that and I remember like seeing the the Lego sets for the first time because that was when Lego Star Wars Lego first was a thing right like the right. the episode one sets were some of the first ones so for me that one really really uh struck a chord and then that jumps forward into this episode i i for for uh the kyber saber kyber saber crystal chase there's a uh, uh another uh, uh tongue twister of a title but yeah we uh, have some tough ones <laughs> yeah um we when we do go back to naboo and as you as you mentioned i i we find out that that palpatine has turned the royal palace in Thede uh into a, a, a basically a monument to himself um the the star wars equivalent of a disneyland uh where emperor palpatine is mickey mouse which was a little bit weird but um what how how did how exactly did that come about you you mentioned the story group but um i ask because 
it actually it's very reminiscent of something in in the some of the novels and some of the the uh, legends expanded universe stuff where palpatine took the the jedi temple and he actually makes that his palace um is it was it was that something that was sort of uh in in your guys's minds or in the story group's mind when you decided like let's let's make it a, a museum uh, all about palpatine I, I have a feeling that, I mean, I, I can't get in anybody's head. I, I would assume mm. that it was just a joke somebody threw out. Um, it, it may, maybe they were aware of some of that other stuff, you know, and that inspired them. I, I couldn't say, Ron. I don't remember even whose idea it was. I don't. I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like the, I mean, the, N, the N1 Starfighter stuff, I, I feel like that was Bob's. Bob this, or Bill. The N1, I think, might have been Bob or Bill, yeah. Uh, because they, they out, Bob and Bill, the head writers, come into the, all these story meetings with a season arc for the season in mind that they've already worked out before mm-hmm. we even get there. And they have bullet point ideas for each of the episodes, some, with, uh, some of which are more thoroughly thought out than others. Like uh, this one, the Kyber Saber Crystal Chase, was pretty much just they go to a bunch of places and Nari keeps finding them and, and fill in the blanks for what the places are. Xander's Joyride, I feel like they had a little bit more sense of it. I think th- that the N1 was already the ship in it mm-hmm. before we even got there. Um, as far as the Palpatine Museum thing, I, it, it came up in the room, but I have no idea whose idea it was. And that's the way these things go. You start batting around ideas and yeah. somebody says something that leads to something else. And all of a sudden you have, you have this great idea, but you, you sort of don't really know where it came from. So, Except for me. I, I keep track of all my great jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I would be as well. You know, I There's only like, like five of them. There's so only five in my whole career. <laughs> Um, so that that brings up uh, an interesting point in the way that that a Star Wars project is written as opposed to to other stuff. Um, when you're writing, let's say Ninja Turtles, um, is it is there a similar aspect to it, or is that uniquely Star Wars, where you've got the story group and uh, and and you're sort of um, I don't know if being led is the right term, but just sort of like like there are these these constraints and these uh, parameters that you have to work within that are so tight. Do, do you get that on other, uh, on another franchise like Ninja Turtles, or are you given a little bit more freedom somewhere like that? That's, that's pretty unique. Uh, this, is a, this has been a unique experience because uh, normally you wouldn't be uh, in a room with uh, other execs uh, unless they were like, you know, writer, executive producers, uh, showrunners. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's different. It's not bad. You know, since since they know so much about Star Wars, in in many ways, it allows me to zone out during meetings. <laughs> um, Ninja Turtles, we had the advantage that Nickelodeon had just bought the franchise, meaning we were the first ones doing anything with it, so we could do whatever we wanted. Um, so in that room, it was just the writers, and then they would bounce things off the artist showrunner too. But um, we we were in a unique position to reinvent the wheel with Ninja mm. Turtles, um, using as much old stuff mixed with as much new stuff as we wanted to. Um, Star Wars, no, there's no reinventing the wheel. <laughs> like, yeah. It is a tightly controlled franchise. But typically, with other shows, you you know you, you would uh, like with Turtles, you get in the room, the writers pitch the ideas, and then you you know once you you have a, a story broken, you'd send it out to the network, get notes, come back, write it, and like that. This is a little bit different because uh, the network's in the room, and you know the network is three different uh, entities. Yeah. yeah. The good thing being that that way, at least everything is sort of signed off on by the time you leave the room, to some degree, anyway. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, uh, we do have some freedom, obviously, because this is a Lego show, and you guys were asking about the continuity. It, it's sort of in its own continuity zone. Right. At first, we were told, yes, this is canon. Then we were told, well, it's canon, but Lego has a slightly different yeah. canon. I think yeah. they chickened it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, yeah. So it it is and it isn't. So we get a certain amount of leeway, but but still, you know, it's a uh, uh, to their credit. I think Russ, you said that um, Star Wars is like basically the biggest story ever. Yeah, it's like there, there's been no what other mythology, even Greek mythology, Roman mm-hmm. mythology. What mythology is as big as Star Wars? It's tremendous, and yet somehow they keep a handle on all of it. Yeah. That's that's an amazing accomplishment. It yeah. really what? is. Yeah, I have a question, too, about the writing, too. Uh, Ron Corsillo and Russ Carney joining us here in the Rebels podcast. So you have you guys wrote episode nine, and this, this story has, like, an overarching, uh, you know, narrative going on. So how do you uh, write knowing that there's somebody else going to be doing 10 and 11 and 12? I mean, are you all in the same room and, and you do the whole season as a whole, or how does that work? As I said, the, the showrunners have worked out a season arc already. Um, but we meet as a group with the other writers and break around, you know, like okay. four or five episodes at a time. So okay. we at least know the ones right before, the ones right after the one that we're doing, because we're, we're working those all out together. Um, and then we do that a couple of times, and then that creates a whole season. So uh, the um, so we know what's coming up in the other episodes. We know what's okay. been in the previous episodes. Well, like you said, you, you guys wrote these, what, last year then, I guess? Yeah, it takes about a year to produce an animated show after it's written and recorded. So wow, okay, okay. That's the tough thing about being an animation writer. Is and of course, <laughs> we we couldn't even tell anybody we were working on this. Show. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> until, until it aired, or, or wow. no, and, until, until the it was show. Announced. Yeah, when the show was announced, which was a few maybe three months before, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's like it's really <laughs> unsatisfying in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's like you know, because like I know a lot of Star Wars fans. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah. you got to tell your friends, I'm working on this thing. It's really cool. But, and they're well, like, what is it? I oh, can't tell you. <laughs> I'm sure you are, right? And our <laughs> wives are wondering where we're going. And stuff, but <laughs> so what's great, is, uh, what's great is you guys are in the story group, so now you can give us and some of the Rebels podcast listeners some uh, details on what's coming up in Rogue One and Episode 8, right? Okay, <laughs> throw it down. <laughs> no? Oh, nope. Ah. We don't, we don't know that stuff. Like, we only know... Uh, we what, could lie. It's a need-to-know-based show. We can make a bunch of stuff up. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so we only, we only know what we need to know for, for Freemakers. We weren't told that. Like we said, we weren't even told about we didn't even Force get, Awakens. We didn't even get to see assets for the show uh, for, I mean, a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was, like designs and things like that. It was a long time before we could see that. Yeah, we, we, like, we didn't know what the Star Scavenger looked like. We didn't know what... Nare's with the uh, was it the eclipse uh, the eclipse fighter eclipse fighter looked like. Hmm. Um, well, that that's that's crazy to me because uh, this episode in particular, um, I I feel like the 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 inner geography of of the star scavenger is kind of important because there's all the stuff that goes on with the scoop and the and the winch mm-hmm. and at one point Roger moves from the cockpit into one of the turrets and it's like they're all over the place in the ship so not really knowing uh, what that looks like that would that that seems like it would be a really difficult thing to write yeah we had to ask a lot of questions yeah uh, one thing was um, with the bubbly subly which uh, uh, Russ, yeah. Russ is very proud to have named. It's um, so cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
there was a whole thing about whether it could fly and whether it would just fly up to meet mm -hmm. the star scavenger and, and Lego didn't want it to fly. And so we, we, uh, we had to come up with that idea that it skips along the waves and kind of hops up into the scoop of the star scavenger. Um, so yeah, we do have to ask a lot of questions sometimes about, and sometimes we just don't care and we just figure oh, the directors will figure it out, <laughs> <laughs> which they're good at. Just so. make it their problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, one thing that I find really interesting about this show and, and, and I'm kind of hoping for some confirmation on this cause this is just something that I've noticed over the last few episodes, but, um, the heroes never really use weapons all that much. In this episode, we actually see Roger firing a blaster a whole bunch, but but um, and and using lightsabers. Uh, I, 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 a couple of characters use lightsabers, Rowan in particular. But mm -hmm. um, in previous episodes, it, it seems like they've almost gone out of the way to to show that the heroes aren't really fighting back. They're more just sort of running from. From the the uh, the the stormtroopers and and uh, Nare and all these other characters, is that is that something that's actually happening? Like, is that an actual note for writing the show that that our heroes aren't supposed to be um, necessarily uh, uh, violent? I guess. I, I don't recall seeing a specific notes about that, but I, I think generally, um, guns and gun violence and depictions of that in your hero characters are uh, it, it, it's tended to be frowned upon hmm. um yeah we actually we are working on another project uh i think called gin rise it's a, a genies versus aliens thing but anyway um we we were working on it for a company in europe and a, a note that came back on that is especially in europe they really don't like to see your heroes picking up guns we had some things with them picking up blasters and and such um so, uh, you know, being Americans, you know, we're all gun happy, but uh, uh, I think in a lot of parts of the world, you try to you try to avoid having your heroes wielding guns too much. Yeah, it, at some point, it's it's a it's a fine line between, um, you know, being a hero and just being a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I found it really interesting because in a couple episodes ago, even Princess Leia had opportunity to do things and and ran instead so it just felt like it like some of them some of the moments were almost uh they, they felt more like choices than than just sort of happenstance but um especially because it because it is uh, intended for a younger audience right but uh yeah but yeah so i i was just really curious about that um matt do you do you have any other questions i was gonna say we me and mike are uh, watching this show um, kind of one by one and we're not skipping ahead and, and we're kind of slow playing it so we don't know what's coming up like an eight or uh, the rest of the season are you guys writing any more episodes this season uh, no well, all this, the all the episodes have been written for this season yeah every okay. and our this is our last one we just did two um xander's joyride and kyber saber crystal chase okay. uh so uh, but you've got some more great ones coming down the pipe so um how season two do you guys know anything about it or, or is it still um something we don't know about? anything about that aha <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, that yeah we, we're not we're not really sure what's going on with uh yeah with that obviously it'd be awesome if there were a season two yeah oh it's because you guys would be too busy writing rebels maybe or or something else huh? no <laughs> yes no? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we haven't been approached we haven't been approached about writing any rebels episodes so uh <laughs> hey you got your foot the door though right sure yeah there we go <laughs> uh hey before we let you go though um what is like your background as far as the whole star wars saga um 
when were you guys introduced to to Star Wars? I mean, was it when you were young in the movie theaters? Was it a DVD? I, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm I'm one of the older generation. I saw it actually in the theater uh, when I was like seven years old. So, uh, what was your guys' first introduction into the Star Wars uh, world? That's me too. I saw the first movie when I was a kid. Okay. So, yeah, all the way back. And I think I actually read the novelization of it before I saw the movie because the novel came out first. Oh, yeah, I think I, yeah. I, I have that. I think I have that novelization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, th I think Bob, didn't Bob have some story about how, like, he, he got to see it on the first day, but because he was, like, on the East Coast, he saw it before. It was some kind of, anyway. But uh, I, I probably, oh. I, I can't remember when I first saw Star Wars. It, it was probably on television as a kid. Um, because they, they would occasionally, you know, maybe every year, every two years, air uh, the first Star Wars. Um, so that, that's probably where I saw it. Or, you know, at somebody's house, you know, VHS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've worn out many a VHS of uh, Star Wars or the trilogy of myself. So uh, it's my, kind my of. It's, I don't think there was, prior to the first Star Wars, episode four, I mean, coming out, I don't think there was ever a movie that generated that much excitement before it came out. I mean, it was... Yeah. And in that time, the idea of lining up outside the theater to see a movie and stuff like that was new. And uh, I, I think it really just sort of changed the way people thought about movies. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, for sure. for sure. Yeah. I tell my kids that all the time. It's like, I, I tell them, they're like, oh, we're going to go see, you know, the, the latest uh, superhero movie because they come out, you know, every six months we got a new one. And it's not a big deal to them, but I tell them, you know, I was a kid when Star Wars came out, that was it. I mean, there was nothing else coming. There wasn't a Star Trek coming out and this and that and, and DC and Marvel. I mean, we had Star Wars and that was it. And I think that's why it was so ingraining for some of us that are, are a little bit older. That's all we had. And we had it for a long time in the theater. And it's just like you said, it was there's just nothing that's going to compare to that ever again. We'll never see that again. Um, so it's kind of like that's why it was special to me and a lot of people that are that are into Star Wars, especially the older folks like me. Uh, that was it right there, being a kid. So, uh, Mike, anything else we we got for uh, Russ and Ron before they go? Uh, you know what? No, I I think I think I've I've gotten all of my uh, burning questions uh, answered. I and we yeah. appreciate that very much because we've been, we've been watching this going like. Like man, I, I wonder what this is like because it's so different from from Star Wars Rebels or the Clone Wars, but um, right. it's not quite it's not quite where the Yoda Chronicles uh, were where they were a little bit more like like um, like sort of spoofing Star Wars almost like kind of making fun of it. This is in that weird uh, in between space of like it's funny and it's definitely making fun of some of Star Wars, but it's also like. The story of of Rowan and and the Kyber Saber is is a hundred percent Star Wars through and through. Like there might be some jokes in between, but the the story itself is is properly epically Star Wars. Um, so it was it's kind of this unique thing in the Star Wars uh, fandom right now. Um, and I know I I know a lot of people with families who are watching the show, but I don't know a lot of like the hardcore Star Wars fans who are talking about it. At least they might be watching it, and not really talking about it. But um, I know Matt and I, for for our part, are are loving the show, um, and I I I mean the, the this episode as well as as uh, Xander's Joyride are two of the ones that have stood out for me. Um, so, so thank you guys for, yeah, for contributing sure. to, uh, to thanks. the Star Wars saga. 
Um, well, thank you, thank you as well. It's been fun, and you know, it's. I know that a lot of fans will, you know, there's a fan of every flavor out there, but um, you know, The Force Awakens was hilarious, and it's it's possible to mm. tell a story and also be hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as so long as you're enjoying the thing, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, I think that Star Wars fans, certain Star Wars fans, uh, need to need to just sort of like take it with a grain of salt when it's a when it's a, a little bit more of the uh, having fun with Star Wars uh, rather than being quite so serious about it. But but uh, I, like I said, Matt and I are enjoying the heck out of it and uh, we're looking forward to the For last sure. last few episodes of the season. But uh, but we thank you guys so much for coming. Is there anywhere uh, would you guys like to to sort of uh, uh, promote your your Twitter feeds or any other projects you've got coming up? Uh, uh, at Ron Corsillo and at RCOA. Yeah. If you want to follow us on Twitter? Yeah, we don't say anything important. Uh, <laughs> no, but the the most important thing coming down the pipeline for us is as we said we're uh, we're working on uh, developing an IDW comic called Gin Rise. Um, turning that into uh, an animated series, um, and that uh, we're sort of we're still in the development phases of that, but we're hoping to start production maybe next year, and then maybe by 2008, when everybody's forgotten this podcast, they'll be able to go out and watch it. <laughs> 2018, I think you mean. But 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. What are, what are... Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's got sort of the same tone of this as being action comedy, a little little bit of both, so that sci-fi stuff. So you know, it's fun. Cool. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> Thanks cool. again, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So that was a that was a pretty good interview. I think. I think we, oh, yeah. we shed some light on a little bit of what goes into making an episode of uh, the Freemaker Adventures and answered sure. certainly answered some of my questions. Um, so that was great, and we really appreciate them stopping yeah. by to talk to us all about uh, uh, what it takes to, to write an episode of the show. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. It's good. Good cool. insight. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's it, huh? Yeah, that's it. That's it for this that's episode. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It's a lo- it's a bit of a longer one, obviously, because of the, the, the mm-hmm. interview, but uh, thank you for sticking yeah. through it all the way. Um, of course, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to Rebels Podcast. Dot com where Tim keeps you guys in the know with what you need to know about Star Wars Rebels. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Um, and you can follow Matt at the crankster, and that's crankster with a K. Yes. Uh, we are also part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, where uh, you head to thunderquack.com. You can check out tons of other awesome podcasts in the network so do that check that out and if you enjoy our podcast consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash thunderquack uh you get some cool perks uh and uh every dollar goes to helping uh produce podcasts like this so uh we thank everybody who does support us over there but uh, if you're interested in that head to patreon.com slash thunderquack uh that is it for this episode and uh, we will we will be back next week to talk about uh, the next two episodes of uh, the Freemaker Adventures, the Maker of Zoe, as yes. well as uh, Showdown on Hoth. So yes. uh, we're getting close. We're getting close to that season finale. 
uh, yep. wrapping things up. Uh, but uh, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. See you guys next week.